Okay, uh, this is Memory Lapse, the Magic the Gathering podcast. Uh, today we have a slightly different lineup. Um, Mike couldn't be with us today. So instead, uh, I am Tim. I'm Jinji. And I'm Tyson. So as you can tell, there was one uh, one voice in there that was different, and that would be Jinji. So hopefully you all give him a warm welcome, whoever listens to this, because apparently people do. So that's that's good. Um, thank you. Thank you. Um, actually, yeah, I'm a little I'm a little surprised. I'm a little floored by that. Uh, I want to do a correction from the last uh, podcast. We're talking about the Flip and Rip YouTube channel that I, that I had. That well, not really exclusively Flip and Rip, but the mm-hmm. YouTube channel that had some of those videos. There's no underscore in it, so it's. YouTube.com slash user slash NNYIX. I didn't realize that until I was editing it and didn't feel like correcting it in the edit, so fuck that. I just did it now. So, yeah, uh, again, uh, if you see those flip and rip videos and want them to stay, comment, and they'll stay. Or if you want them to delete it, comment, and we'll delete them because that's not really something we do anymore. But if you really want us to do it, then Eternal Masters. I mean, we could do it with Eternal Masters. Yeah, we could do it with Eternal Masters is kind of the whole thing about it. See, that's the thing. Uh, Gingy here was involved in a couple of them, and he relished every fucking second of that. (laughs) You're right, I did. (laughs) Yeah. Flip and rip makes my heart hurt. Yeah, but you were in some of them, too. Shh. They don't need to know that. Yeah, yeah, he still loved it. I I was one of the saviors. Fuck off. I was I was basically the hype man for the whole thing. Every time it was like, "Oh my Christ, it's flipping!" That was me. I was I was the loud mouthed one, which is no big surprise for anybody listening here. Um, I still have that tooth and nail in my binder. <laughs> yeah, I think. Ah, uh, oh shit! What is the card I have? I still have Death Cloud. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think I have a Bone Splitter Axe as well from that. I, I have a couple cards in my binder oh, from God. those flipping rip days. Um, I have no cards. Just throwing that out there. Yeah, because he didn't save any of them. Right? Wah. <laughs> so anyway, we should probably move on to the topic of discussion, because this one's actually quite a large one, so we probably won't have a whole lot of different uh, things to talk about, because this one's such a wide-range topic. Uh, one we haven't really touched on too much, and that's standard. So, uh... Oh, boy. <laughs> so, for anybody that actually plays the game, you probably play standard, either that or EDH. So right now we've got, I'm just going to focus on a couple cards because I don't really care to go into the decks that are problems of standard right now. Uh, For the most part, the standard format's actually pretty diverse and healthy. But there's a couple standout cards that consistently create problems for the format. Um, Declaration in Stone. I knew that was going to be the first one you can go straight towards. Declaration in Stone. That card is so strong. Like... It's super splashable. It's always an answer. There's never a time where it's really bad. Like, worst case scenario, you're letting your opponent draw between one and four cards at best. Sometimes, they don't even draw a card because you just nail a token. Actually, come to think of it, and I just thought of this, but, like, I usually like to play creature light control decks. Mm -hmm. Now would be a real good time for burn, because what's their declaration in stone going to do when you just keep burning them? I mean, what are you going to burn them with? Uh, Let's see, Fiery Temper... Uh, yeah, that's the green-red goggle stack. You just fall oh, the Titans yeah, okay, them for like 30 yeah, to yeah. the face. Fall the right, Titans. I forgot, the, uh, I forgot that thing was existence. Oh, from Burn with From Within hits players too, doesn't it? Yeah, but you just goggles. Yeah. Like, yeah, hey, here's Magmatic them. Insight, and then double up my Fall the Titans. Well, the thing is, uh, goggles you can't really rely on, but just so long as you build around. Like, yeah, I mean, wait. you just play the, uh, it's like a blue-red Eldrazi deck with like, um, it's kind of rampy, but it's also controlly where like you can ramp into or Olimog, or you can just kill them with a Chandra. Yeah, and um, it's just a control deck. 
Of no, it's green, red, not blue, red. No, there's actually a blue, red version of it. Yeah, but the green, red version is the good one. Oh, okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean, if it wasn't it wasn't for the fact that I was fucking over Eldrazi already, I'd probably play something like that. Plus, how much is Ulamog right now? Ten mana? No. <laughs> Hold on, I'll, I'll do that. <laughs> quick check there. Keep talking. It, it's I enough. don't know the cost, though. It is it's definitely uh, It's like 30, $37 the last I checked. Ulamog's but... 37 now? Oh, he, he was, I thought. I think that's a foil. He's only around like 15 or something, I'm pretty sure. All right, well, hold on. I'll find out yeah, here. We'll, we'll figure it out in a yeah, second. Yeah, he's, he's, still, he's still way too much, I think. And I've only managed to pull one, which makes me very upset. And just like TCG Midum, see where he's out there, I guess. Oh, fuck that. We'll just go with what we always go off of, because it's just easier. So we'll go with Star City, so give or take a few bucks. Um, probably take a few bucks. Probably take a lot of bucks. Uh, it's 13 Oh, on shit, Star City. he's $13 yeah. now. Fuck, yeah. I should See? pick up my second. Never mind. The, the foils are at 40 Okay, so really all you need is two with that sort of card. Because, um, you know, that cost. I mean, the like mono green Eldrazi decks would run four at some point, but now that they have Worldbreaker, I don't think they need four. No. Um, it's good to have it. Yeah. So, anyhow, let's go back to talking about the problem cards. Declaration okay. in Stone is yeah. just a super strong card. It's really splashable. Um, it plays in aggressive decks very well. It plays in like mid-range and control decks decently. I don't like it in control personally. But... It's just good in every deck. It's a single white mana and a colorless mana on top of it. A generic mana on top of it. So you can splash it in pretty much anything. You know, your two-color deck, your three-color deck, whatever. It's yeah. one white mana. You're not losing a lot to Pr it. Pretty much everything runs white for that and Avacyn. Yeah. Avacyn is the other big problem card. Yeah. <laughs> you know, three white white. Sarah Angel picked up Flash. Seems pretty good to me. Oh, by the way, it gives everything indestructible. Yes, I will take my icing on the cake. Which is also yeah. very perfect for aggro decks as well as deck and stone. Oh, hold on. If she dies, she flips over and does more stuff too? Wait, if wow. she dies? I thought that was no, something else. If a non-angel non creature dies, yeah. My apologies. If a non-angel dies, though, did we talk she does a flip over as well. Though before we switched away from Declaration and Stone, did we talk about the caveat on that? You can use it on tokens cost-free, because basically you pay yeah. your cost, you do it. They don't get any clues because um, it says non-token creatures. I think I clues. mentioned it briefly, yeah, you but it's not a super big uh, Well, whenever I played, I think it was green-white, your green-white company deck. Yeah, um, the terrible deck, I, yeah. it, it was pretty bad. Because I didn't um, have Avacyn or Sigarda in it. I, I needed something big, but I didn't I never really that. enjoyed casting Deckenstone. I didn't think it was that good. I could have, you know, it could have been just the shell around it, but I just never felt like... It was as good as everybody said it was. I think the better card, and I hate playing this card, and I hate saying this because I know I've argued that it's a bad card, but it's really not, is Anguish Unmaking. Yeah, which uh, that card, I think that card's really goes good. goes after non-land permanence at the cost of three life, and it's uh, a well, white-black uh, white generic, whatever the fuck. Well, I think that you just play that in uh, the Shambling Vents deck. So, like, the life loss isn't completely relevant because you have the Shambling Vents to get it back. But if you're playing against an aggressive deck, you're not going to go on beatdowns with the Shambling Vents. Yeah. Well, here's the thing, and this is where Anguish of Making actually has a lot of merit against aggro decks. People are like, oh, the three life is too high of a cost. I'm going to die because of that. Well, here's the thing. Whatever you're killing is saving you at least three damage. Yeah. You're not just killing, like, a random 1-1 one -one that they played on turn one and is attacking you for 18 turns. You're, you're not going to Anguish of Making that. Yeah. You're going to Anguish of Making their, like, you know, a 2-2 two -two adds up pretty quick. 
know, like two turns, and they've done more damage than that. Oh, yeah, Tireless tra- Tracker, you can or kill like, that thing on And then turn Avacyn, smash that thing down. <laughs> Avacyn can actually get smashed down by a pretty decent Well, I mean, if they flash things. it in at the end of your turn, there's not that many things that can kill it. At the end of my turn, or yeah. their turn? Not the end of... Actually, the funny part so depending is, on what you're playing. Yeah. The funny um, part is, if they drop down an Avacyn and they don't have an Always Watching or something, you're just like, Grasp of Darkness, fuck that thing. Grasp of Darkness and Running Volley are both really clean answers to it if it doesn't have an additional toughness. Yeah. Um, Wait. Um, how does Rending Volley do it? Doesn't, isn't that damage? Yeah, it's four, yeah. It's four the damage. The trigger goes onto the stack to make it yeah. indestructible. Before it gets there, you deal four damage to it. So wait. Avacyn does not enter the battlefield indestructible. She enters the battlefield, her trigger goes onto the stack, and then you can kill her. Oh, wow. How about that? See, this is why we go by the format of the judge, the longtime <laughs> player, and the noobish guy, whereas <laughs> I am the noobish guy. And, you know. I mean, I'm, I'm still fairly new. Yeah. But you're not as new as I am. Yeah, so. You're more mecha- uh, mechanically inclined. That, huh. but yeah, did it, um, did it? <laughs> I did get it. Uh, oh my god! Yeah, don't uh, <laughs> don't think too much about that joke. That's that's the insidiest of the inside jokes, and it wasn't very funny. So anyway, uh, I thought it was great. <laughs> Moving along. So anyhow, uh, Renning Vol and Grasp of Darkness are really clean answers to Avison. Mm-hmm. Um, Doom Blade catches her. Or, well, in this case, Ultimate Price. That's what we have. <laughs> like, do we even have a new blade? No, we don't have Doom Blade. We have Ultimate Price. Yeah. Which Wait. ultimate price is a pretty clean kill. I feel like yeah, Doom Blade would price, be pretty good, though. Ultimate price is like a, the exact opposite of Doom Blade, though, isn't it? Because uh, Doom Blade goes yes. after multicolored, and ultimate price no, goes after monocolored. Doom Blade goes off of non-black. No, oh. Doom Blade kills target non-black creature, and ultimate price kills target monocolored creature. Then why was I seeing people? In it? Well, it was I think it was cardboard crack that was Doom Blading Siege Rhinos. Which I don't think would work if it's um, You'd have to go for the throw it. I also yeah. don't think that that comic really cares about accuracy. Oh, okay. Not even close. Alright. I was wondering on that. Because yeah, I thought it was targeting multicolored creature. That might be some. I might be thinking of neutralizing blast again as a counter spell because I'm obsessed with counter spells. Every fucking thing we talk about, I bring up counter spells because I love blue. Shut up. So, <laughs> how good are your counter spells against a collected company? Uh. Not well, pretty decent because now we have invasive surgery and negate. Invasive surgery doesn't hit collected company. Oh, that's right, it's an instant. No, dispel, yeah, dispel, dispel and negate. Yeah, dispel hits it. Dispel and negate. Fucking. I mean, but I'm pretty sure if you let the company resolve, you're pretty sad about that. Well, unless which, you're running blue white and have a hallowed moonlight in hand. I, I guess that's fair. Which really, I, I never realized hallowed moonlight drew a card too. All their cards. So are, yeah, I mean, really not until I built that terrible white green deck that I built for him to use. Did I realize, oh my god, Hallowed Moonlight draws a card too. Holy shit. So, speaking of, we just mentioned one of the other cards I believe to be a problem card of the format that's super powerful. Collected Company is really strong as well. Oh yeah. Partially yeah, yeah, yeah. because the Bant Collected Company deck gets to play Collected Company and Archangel Avacyn. And I think that they usually play a copy or two of Declaration Stone. Yeah. So it's just like, hey, all these cards are just super good. Let's throw them all together. Yeah. I mean, there was a different version of the deck coming up that didn't run um, Bounding Crisis or Chase Friends Prodigy. Mm-hmm. I don't remember exactly what they replaced them with, but I, I thought it was a little bit better than that version of the deck. Um, I, I am honestly waiting to see... I don't think we're going to have any card that gets hyped as much as Jace Friends Prodigy and then just fall. <laughs> just fall from grace. Um, there might be. 
Because it was Jace was at a hundred dollars, and now he's down at like yeah. sixty. Because every bit of removal in this current set fucking just destroys. Well, them. there's not that many great things to flash back with them. Ah, uh, I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say that at all. No. The big problem is that we lost Fetchland, so he doesn't enable himself as easily, easily or as freely. But we, we do still have evolving yeah, yeah, wilds. Yeah, evolving wilds, but that's not. Yeah, that's but that good. doesn't enter the battlefield untapped. Yeah, like I can't turn one fetch, turn two, fetch Jace. Yeah, those days are gone. You can turn one, fetch, turn two, basic land Jace maybe. Yeah, but like even then. Here's the next basic turn. land Jace or Tango. Or no, you can't Tango Jace in that situation because we're only talking about No, but you land. can show <laughs> land or whatever it is. Yeah, There's Shadow like, Land, I think yeah, they are. Yeah. I'm completely underwhelmed by those. But they, they're they probably better in decks that play like more than your basic 24. They play like 26 lands are probably better. Yeah, that's part of where Jace actually got a lot of his power. It's like, you could turn one, like, Duress or something. Yeah. Like, you could turn one, Fetch Duress. Turn two... Um, fetch Jace. Fetch Jace. Turn three, cast any spell. Any spell. Any like, you know, your Painful Truths, because that card was really good when you had perfect mana. Yeah. Um, turn three, Painful Truths, and then flip Jace over. Yeah. And then you can flashback Painful Truths the next turn. Yeah. Or yeah. Duress, or whatever the <laughs> fuck. Yeah, so, like, Jace is... That's part of why Jace fell from grace. Um, yeah. It's part of why he's not on my, like... You know, problem card list. He's he's been pretty well settled out because now your graveyard doesn't fill up immediately. Well, I feel like in the next set they're gonna either print things that fix the boogeyman cards or the boogeyman cards are going to leave. Mm. Like, I don't know how bad deck and stone is gonna be in the future. Um, it might get better, it might get worse, but we need more hexproof. Do we even have any hexproof right no. now in standard? I mean, maybe one or two. What do we got? Swings to the final word's pretty good. Okay. Um, it's mainly used for control mirrors. Right. Uh, Swings to the final word has... It's a 5-5 five, five flyer for 7, which is its major drawback, is it's 7 mana. But it can't be countered, right? It can't be countered. And when it's on the battlefield, instants and sorceries you control can't be countered. Damn, That's son. Good. That he's got good. hexproof. You want to talk about a finisher? Though, you know, the more I think it. about it, that mono red burn deck I was fucking around with with goggles would probably be pretty good. Because red has, like, really powerful card selection right now, too. Especially if you run it with Drown Yard Temple. You can get your shit back. Well, another one of the big perks about, you know, the red decks right now and their card selection is they can actually leverage a lot of advantage. Like, if you can slam down your Pyromancer's goggles on turn five, you tap it for red, Magmatic Insight, discarding something, you literally draw four cards at the cost of one discard. So mm -hmm. you're netting plus two. Is that really one how it works? Yes. yes. Oh my Yes, God. because it's an uncast ability. When it's copied, you're not casting it. That's yeah. fantastic. So, yeah, it is amazing, and I've capitalized on that a number of it times. It's all four cards. Yes. <laughs> because, you know, red gets all the card draw spells because people bitch about blue being too strong. Seems pretty good. Blue's been pretty neutered for a while. Yeah, yeah I, I don't appreciate it. See, the sad part is like, blue almost... Well, it almost returned to its former glory in its card selection and card draw when I started playing, because I started playing with cons. Yeah. With uh, Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise. Well, you have Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise, and then you got the Dragon Lords soon after. Yeah, but the problem was... And then Anticipate... Yeah. Is, is probably the MVP of the blue card select uh, cards right now. And, and standard by a large margin. But the uh, counter... It's not even that, that good. Oath of Jace. But the counter spells, man. The counter spells have not been there. They've all been trash. Yeah. So I mean, don't we still have scorn? Yeah, but it's not like super good. 
it's blue blue and you're trying to jam it into a three color deck. Yeah. All right, fair enough. I would I would build a mono blue control right, deck I, today if I, I knew it would have a finisher. Like that's kind of the problem there. I'd too. imagine you can just play like a blue white control deck. Yeah, yeah. Or just a blue black control deck and kill him with the Dragon Lord. The blue black oh, Dragon Lord here. doesn't end the game pretty. As I love well. Dragon Lord Slumgar though. I will say that, especially if you're running like a uh, control deck with well, 26 lands, so you never miss a land drop. Guess play Slumgar, steal their Sylvan Advocate, and laugh. Guess what he dies to? Huh? Guess what he dies to? Uh, Declaration in Stone. There's the Boogeyman. Yep. But you're hoping to have at least one Invasive Surgery in your hand at this point. Yeah. yeah. I know. So, Invasive Surgery is probably the best way to deal with Declaration in Stone. Yeah, you, you basically have to have it. You but have it's... to have Invasive Surgeries. You have to have, um, you have to have Negates because they take care of, uh, Chandra yeah. and Obnix and, uh... I guess there aren't really many other problem planeswalkers uh, in that. I, Chandra's really good. Oh, Soren! Uh, what am I saying? <laughs> yeah, I Soren say, Grim Nemesis. How did you forget Jesus. Soren Grim Nemesis while because we're going over problem planeswalkers? I don't have that one. That was card number four on my list. Yeah, sorry. I was just waiting for us to get back on the list. You also get the, the hit Nissa too. Nissa? Yeah, Nissa's pretty good in the uh, green-white token stacks. Uh, which Nissa? The, uh, the three-drop one. Voices and the car. Voices, okay. Because I'm playing Vastwood Seer, and that yeah. doesn't fuck. No, that oh, I just started building this Golgari deck, guys, and I think I'm finally... I don't know if anybody's paying attention to my standard woes, but that's one of the reasons why we're talking about this, is I'm sick of meta decks that fuck everything up, so I'm trying to find a deck that's fun to play and competitive, and I've turned to Golgari right now, so we'll oh, see but, how that's working for me. Oh, wait, but that list is already around. It's green-black seasons past. Yeah. No. Oh. Like, yeah, I know. That, that, that's that's a, well, really I'm good. playing. That's a meta deck. Well, I'm, I don't care. Like, it's not the one I see around here. I haven't seen anybody playing it yet. Uh, so that's I because can... the deck always goes to time. You uh. need to play super fast and super clean. And if you're playing that deck, you basically have to win game one and hope that your opponent doesn't win game two. Well, see, that's why I'm going to try to rep that deck a lot because I built. I finished building it today, and I expect it to rep to rep it a lot over the next like. Uh, ten days or so. So basically, the... you're a, a new miracles player playing that deck. Pretty much. It's it's really good though. I really like the interactions in it uh, between the Gitrog, Nissa, and Obnix. <laughs> yeah. If I can have Mole in the field at the same time, it's disgusting. Gitrog's a good card. A good card, but I feel like he just needs to have the perfect shelf around him. Um, well, he goes into seasons pass pretty well. Yeah, he see, does do that. Yeah, see, that's how I that's how I built this because like basically I didn't just pick one deck and pull from it. I looked at every deck. I looked at what's in common, what cards I like to play, and I kind of built around that. So I kind of tried to make it my own, and I'm probably going to continue to make alterations and changes to it. And can you imagine get Rog Monster with Fetchlands? I'd rather not. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you've got Evolving Wilds if you well, really yeah, want. Well, yeah, but... Evolving Wilds of... is great, by the way, especially with uh, every time a land hits the graveyard from anywhere, you draw a card. <laughs> I mean, what, what do you Which think about, you, like... Are you playing your Drowneyard Temple so you can just keep buying it back, too? Uh, I was thinking cute. about that, but maybe, maybe not, because I've already got four Evolving Wilds, four Quagmires, four Lanawar Wastes, so I'm a little, I'm a little loaded on the, uh, the interesting lands. Though, to be honest, that wouldn't be a horrible idea, because I could always... I would not have a problem cutting forests, because Nyssa gets those out, and I'm always yeah. digging for Nyssa. And then, like, I, I think I'm running, like, the five forests, nine swamps, four land of war, four hissing, four evolving. So yeah. there might be room for Drown Yard. I just feel like the... Like, I felt initially that the cost for Drown Yard was too much to go with that, but the thing is... Drown, like I, you get ridiculous amounts of mana with this deck. You think you wouldn't well, because you have to sack, get, you have to sack a land for Gitrog, but you play an additional. Nissa puts more on the field. 
Um, have you ever thought about playing uh, Warbreaker in there? Yes, to your sideboard. I have yeah. one World Breaker in my sideboard, yes. I mean, that just helps with your Gitrogs, and it also helps with removal. Because yeah, because, I mean, it's a card you can't deny how good yeah. it is. It's fucking amazing and everything. So, of course, you know, if I'm playing green, I'm going to play at least one World Kind of eats Avacyn. Yeah, and it's also <laughs> a dark It's a dark petition deck. So Oh, yeah, you're fine. So I have lots of, one of, lots of basically utility cards yeah. that it's like, I would just get with the dark petition and just blah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I think I'm going to like this deck because I was just gold fishing it today. I just finished putting it together, sleeving it up, and I was gold fishing it today, and I was like, Jesus Christ, I think I found it. I think I've come upon the... Found the baby. I found the pain in the ass that I'm going to love torturing people with. Yes! <laughs> it's definitely one of the good decks of the format. Um, like I said, though, you have to be very careful with it. It's, it's a very long, very grindy deck. It definitely feels like one where you have to have, like, a... An, a certain grasp on it in order to realize everything that it does. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I'm very excited about playing around with it and learning what it does, the ins and outs of it and stuff. I mean, I'm kind of sad. Like, whenever we rotated and we lost Ugin, you know, Ugin, the spirit dragon, love that card. Like, it's easy to deal with it's in good. a lot of ways, but if you don't deal with it, it is the most fun thing it, that you It have. literally runs away with the game. Yeah, it's great. I loved it. Like, I don't feel like we have closers like that anymore. Like, we have Uamog, which is kind of close, but... Um, he's he's too high of a cost for what he does, I would imagine. And he's also too hard to really deal with. Well, I mean, sometimes. like the thing is, you can cast an Ulamog, blow up two lands or whatever, and then they just deck and stone him, and then they come back. Yeah. Like if you don't have your second one, you pretty much lose the game at that point. Well, that's why you play Sanctum Vugan in those decks. You just start chaining your Ulamog. Yeah. Yeah, I just I feel like Ulamog's a little much right now. So, uh, continuing on the problem card list, problem sure. card number four is. Probably. I thought you said Soren. Yeah, Soren. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably Soren Grim Nemesis. Like, it's real close on four and five on my list between Soren Grim Nemesis and Kalitas Trader of Get. Ah, I don't know. <coughs> I don't know about Kalitas. I'm, I'm a little biased on Kalitas because every deck I build has Kalitas in it, which probably says that yes, it is it's a problem card. It's probably good enough. I mean, yeah. that's the thing. I, I put it in every deck. He's a three four for four. So like. If we walk out of standard, he becomes an absolute monster. But even in standard, like, he dodges Fiery Impulse. He dodges Fiery Temper. Yeah. Um, he does die to, you know, some of the usual suspects. Grasp, Ultimate Price. Um, Languish. Lightning Axe, if somebody's playing that. Languish, but he does a really funny thing with Languish. which He exiles himself and everything else. No, he doesn't exile himself. He only exiles your opponent's cards. Okay. Yes. Um, but he gets to do a really funny thing with that, which I'll go over that one here in a minute. Um, but, like, he's just so good. And he's got lifelink. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, yeah. if he kill, like, if you hold off on your Kalitas to, like, turn five or six, and you have it, and you go... Kalitas. Follow Kalitas up with Kill Spell. You immediately get a 2-2 on it while exiling whatever you wanted to get rid of up there. So, like, that's already just super valuable. You just put 5 power onto the board on 2 bodies for 6 mana, which you know, doesn't sound super impressive on the surface. But one of these is a 3-4 with lifelink and a wall of text. Yeah. And the other one is really good fodder. Mm-hmm. So, the thing that Kalitas does with Languish, is say my opponent has I don't know I'll use Mono White Humans as a example. They've got like a 30 Inspector, Knight of the White Orchard <laughs> Orchid 
Um, just a handful of creatures. Yeah, yeah Athalia's lieutenant. Just so they have four creatures. All right, so they have four creatures, which is not unreasonable for that deck. Right. And I went like Kalitas block something. Something of theirs dies. So now I've got a 3-4 and a 2-2, two, two, and their thing's exiled, so it didn't actually die. Yeah. Which also means that it shuts off the Avacyn Claws, which is mm-hmm. pretty useful for right, playing not, against Avacyn. Yeah, being indestructible yeah, doesn't like do shit against exile, yeah. Well, no, no that, that it, does. It stops yeah. it from flipping over whenever a yeah. non-angel oh, okay. dies. Right, right. Whenever a non-angel dies, it doesn't Because since it exiles, it doesn't ever touch the graveyard, yeah, yeah, yeah. so it doesn't trigger Avacyn's flip. Okay. So, <laughs> now I've got... Again, five power on two bodies. And this was just from blocking. And I gained three life, which probably stemmed a lot of the bleeding that I was taking there. Mm -hmm. So, assume I've got five mana. If at this point I cast Languish, and they have three creatures left, I lose my Kalitas and my Zombie. They lose everything. But since everything dies at the same time, Kalitas sees that exiles their three cards and leaves me with three 2-2 zombies after casting Languish. Super helpful. Super helpful. Because your board fills right back up when you're in trouble. That's a pretty good way to win the game at that point. Yeah. You just six power and you remove their board. Yeah. Now, admittedly, we come back to problem card number one of Declaration and Stone, where they just go, untap, upkeep, draw Declaration and Stone your zombies. Yeah. Yeah. But again, invasive surgery. Come on. Pay attention. Play blue. Come on, people. (laughs) It's not that bad. I know everybody thinks blue is the devil, but listen to me. It's not that bad. Once you have that little taste of power, you'll love it, I promise. And, be- and before I play Mono Red Sly and just stomp you. should <laughs> <laughs> Just get underneath your counterspells. <sighs> That's usually how it happens. That's why counterspells are so bad right now. Yeah, like counterspells really don't have shit. Because they gave Red Monastery Swift Spears, and they're like, here you go. Well, How's your opponent going to deal with that? The thing is, you have counterspells against the Bank Coco deck, but like they're also playing their own negates and probably their own dispels. Yeah. So it's like, well, you can't really counter my Coco, so good luck with that. Well, that just goes into variance, which yeah. is, you know, the core of the game. Because if you're not going to be worried about counterspells countering your counterspells, then don't fucking play counterspells. Because, essentially, that's kind of why I veered away from counterspells, is how useless they feel. Because you never have the right one for the right occasion at the right time. So just have removal. Fuck it. We're removal heavy. Play removal. That's your control method. You don't get to be the cheeky bastard that says, no. You're the cheeky bastard that gets to say, that's a very nice thing you got there. No. So, you know, whatever. So Tyson, They basically do the same thing. Tyson, yeah. you want to know what I noticed? What's that? We should have a counter somewhere on the screen whenever they're watching this. And well, see how many times he says counterspell. Well, the problem is, <laughs> the problem is this is audio, so there's no, uh, there's no video. We'll find a way. Well, I mean, just put it, put a little sound bite. One, two, three, four. <laughs> that requires way counterspell. Too much ding. <laughs> that requires. Everybody knows I have an obsession with counterspells by now. For fuck's sake, um, isn't our what, what does memory memory lapse do again? It's a counterspell. Exactly. It puts it like two from the top. Exactly. The fucking show is based on a counterspell. For Christ's sake. I mean, mostly it's R&D oversights is what we've been talking about, which, you know, these ones aren't necessarily oversights, they're just cards that may have been a little more powerful than people realized. Yeah. Um, I don't think that these cards are, like, super oppressive, but they are definitely the standout... kind of a problem. They're definitely the standout, these cards are clearly better than other ones' cards. Yeah. Uh, I think that the biggest problem is whenever they print cards for standard... And they jump to older formats very quickly. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Main points being Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time. 
because yeah. let's just warp formats, right, guys? Yeah, we. I, have, I we thought have we were uh, that actually. Yeah, I thought we were gonna talk about Nahiri more on that one, and oh, it's like no. that also did it too. Nahiri doesn't actually do a lot in standard. I don't no. care if anybody wants to disagree with me on that. Oh, yeah, I, 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 I looked at her, and it's like she doesn't do like anything to the standard format. And I looked at her exclusively from a standard po- viewpoint, which is also what R and D does. Yeah. And then somebody's like, oh, by the way, this thing gets my Ericle of, like, turn six, punch you, and it's super hard to deal with. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, I mean, I've tried that. I tried a Boros Nahiri deck with, like, Goggles and Reality Smasher for support. And in, san- in standard, it's actually pretty rough to work with. Not the case in modern now. No, because you just get an Emrakul and you make them sacrifice six permanents. It's like, <laughs> how do you come back from that? You don't. The answer is you don't. Yeah. Like, you, you just scoop at that point. Unless you have, well, well, no, and you can't even path him. All right, so let's talk about problem card number four slash five. No, we didn't. Oh, yeah, we 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 only talked about Kalitas here. We didn't touch Soren at all in this. Yeah. So Soren's six mana, which is probably his biggest balancing point. Right. Um, He is a very expensive planeswalker. He has a very strong commitment. And because of that, it's hard to just go, yeah, Soren's super busted. But <clears throat> Soren is very, very strong. He handles other planeswalkers very soundly. Pretty much the only one <clears throat> I can't actually think of one that he doesn't kill in standard on the turn he comes down, unless your opponent played a Soren first and upticked it. <clears throat> That's literally he, the only planeswalker that he does he not kill. He minus fives and deal. Well, he minus. He can minus and- six. Okay. So he starts at six yeah. loyal. Okay, that's so you can minus X and deal X damage to what target creature or player? Target creature or planeswalker, and you uh, gain okay. that much life. Yeah. Okay. So he helps the anguished on making decks offset their life total really, really easy. So I feel like that's the reason that they made him that way is so that way he can go beside the card that he, well, essentially inspired. I mean, the problem is that because of that, he just cleans up really, really well. Like if you go. Uh, I play Esper Control, so I'm, like, super guilty of this. I have on multiple games gone turn four Languish, turn five, flash out Absent at the end of turn, or just done something else on turn five, depending on what's in my hand, what's going on. Um, like, end of turn, flash out Absent, beat for four, and then just drop a Soren on turn six. Like... It's really, well, really mean, strong. You can also end a turn flash out Avacyn to protect your Soren if they have a board state. Okay, so here's the problem with that one. Um, I'm tapping six mana mm-hmm. on turn six. I'm probably not going to flash my Avacyn no, out. No, you turn flash it out end of, t- end of their turn on turn five. Right. And then so you like, just keep it back on defense. Well, it has Vigilance. Oh, does it? Yeah. Yes. It oh, my supl- God. It, it's yeah, Sarah it's Angel. With, it's Sarah Angel with a huge upside. Yeah. I, did, I did not know that thing had Vigilance. Yeah, yeah it's okay. fucking okay. Vigilance. Okay, it's so, nuts. So yes. let's go over Archangel Avazin real quick, because one of our amigos seems to have I'm not a very neglected this card. Standard. Uh, Archangel Avazin is three white, white. Well, I know, yeah, yeah. Legendary creature Angel. Flying. Vigilance. Flash. Flash. Yeah. When it enters the battlefield, creatures you control are indestructible yeah, until the end of I turn. I forgot I had visions. I knew the rest of them. And a 4-4. Four, four. Whenever it's a non-angel a four, token yeah. dies, or whenever a non-angel creature dies, flip her. And then she does three and damage to every it, well, creature she, yeah. and every player. And Yeah, she does three damage to each creature and each opponent. And she oh, turns okay. into a 6-6? Six, 6-5. Six? Six, oh, 6-5. Six, Still so flying, no more vigilance. Yeah. Because she's angry. She can't sit back on defense. 
So yeah, you turn five, flash out your Avacyn, beat for four, drop Soren, uptick Soren, deal anywhere between zero and realistically six damage depending on what you hit. Yeah. yeah. Um, and like, you just start running away with the game because you're racking up damage super fast and you're you're really hard to deal with because it's like, well, I've got this 4-4 four, four creature that's like fairly difficult to deal with. Like, There's a couple of clean answers, but... You're also trying to get through a Soren after a Languish hit on turn four. So it was like turn four Languish, turn five Soren, or turn five Avacyn, turn six Soren. So you're going to have a lot of trouble getting through that board state because it just mucks up super fast. Mm-hmm. So basically <coughs> so basically, what we're looking at is right now the problem color itself is mainly white. Yeah, yeah. white is, yeah, white is, by white far is the hands down the problem. Because like, on top of that, you know, we talked about Decoration Stone, Archangel Avacyn. And Collected Company earlier. The reason the Collected Company is such a problem, and that these decks are problems that are white decks, <clears throat> they're usually blue white, which means they're also playing like Reflector Mage and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which oh, is also a super obnoxious card. card. Fucking love that card. Card's good. I haven't played that card in a while. I feel like I'm betraying it. Yeah. Well, either way, like there's just this handful of cards that are so strong, you basically have to play them. Yeah. Well, I mean, like if you can. Coco into like a reflector major like bounding crisis. That's really good for you. Especially on their turn. Yeah, I mean you're getting five power, six toughness on two bodies for four mana at instant speed. You return something of theirs and you also tap something down. Yeah. And then it's just like, uh my turn. I probably have like a tireless tracker or something from turn three. Yeah. Uh hit you for nine. Three no six, seven, eight, depending on if I played lands drew clues. Nine, maybe ten. Mm-hmm. It, it, it's quite a bit of damage. Yeah, um, like it just adds up really fast. Which I feel like that's probably the biggest. Well, I don't play standard much, but I feel like Coco is probably one of the biggest culprits of this. Is like it it snowballs games very quickly. Uh, Coco has a couple purposes. I don't feel like it really snowballs a game. Because if you're aggressively using your Cocos, you're walking into your enemy dispels or negates yeah. or whatever well, they have. So, like, the reason that Coco's really good is because you can play a couple creatures early on to start applying pressure. Like, I don't know, turn... That really doesn't do much on turn one and two, I guess. I mean, they get like, to play a couple lands. Yeah, they... Maybe play a Jaceron's Prodigy and start looting through and setting yeah. things up for later. For, like, you know, flashing back a Coco and finding the spells mm-hmm. you want. And then, like, turn three, they can just, like, jam a tireless tracker and then pass turn. And then on turn four... There's, like, play land, get a clue, loot off Jace, possibly have Jace flip into a Planeswalker, and then just, like, battle in for three from your tireless tracker. You pass the turn, because your opponent's turn, you just cast Collected Company. Either they deal with it, or you get free dudes. Because, like, you can't languish and take care and of the take Collected care of the Company. Coco, yeah. Unless you're on the play, and then you can dispel the Coco and languish. Yeah... Uh, like, that's also five mana, and you're... I mean, if you're on the play. Yeah. It's possible, but it's unlikely. It's possible, but it's not, like, a super likelihood, and it's not realistically where you want to be either. Well, the only reason I said that Coco seems to snowball games very well is because there's not re- very many spells that can effectively take out more than one creature at this time. Not at instant speed, and yeah. that's Collected Company's big problem. Yeah. 
It's like, it happens at instant speed. So it's like, language, clear up your board. Okay, sweet. Here's my new board. Yeah. Over to my turn. Attack you with my new board. And, like, if you're playing language, you're only playing, like, what, two, three of them? Maybe? I play three in my main. Yeah. Uh, a handful of decks have been moving to four just because the dominance of the white token, de- uh, yeah. the white human decks. Yeah. I played two with one in the board, I believe. That Is sounds that... right. I think that's what your list was. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, I'm a big proponent of languish. I will say that right now. Yeah, like... I'm also a big proponent of playing creature light decks because every time I build creature heavy decks, they don't work for me. Well, uh, language is really good, but I feel like there needs to be better uh, mass removal than language. But the problem is, instant speed mass removal makes for a very unfun game. Well, I'm not saying and instant speed that. mass removal. But, yeah, but that's the only thing that's really going to deal with uh, Collecting Company, though. Yeah. Well, I mean, Hallowed Moonlight deals with it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we just bring, bring back Quicken. Quick and language. I mean, here's the thing about Hollow Moonlight. At the point where you cast and resolve Hollow Moonlight, they're just going to be like, look at my top six whiff. Yeah. Like, I feel like there needs to be a way to get rid of those two creatures, well, remove those two creatures from their deck that won't have them in play. Hmm. And I, I don't think that we can do that. Yeah. Yeah, there's not a really good way to do it. Yeah. So... Again, Collected Company was, like, number three on my problem card list. Yeah. Or maybe something like uh, Graft Digger's Cage, where, well, not really, but, like, if... Graft Digger's Cage would actually be great in the standard. Yeah. Um, we don't have a lot of recursion, per se, but if we get something <sighs> like Prized Amalgam decks actually doing well... You know, like, Relentless Dead becomes a card. Yeah, we got, we got a little like, bit Relentless of Dead just goes back to the hand anyhow, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, we do have yeah, so some recursion, like, uh, Culligan's, Culligan's Command? Or yeah, is it? Culligan's Command. It doesn't it? stop that. It oh, no, stops yeah, no. it from entering from Ojitai's the graveyard command. or from the deck. It does help stop Ojitai's Command. Which isn't um, that much of a problem. It but. stops, amusingly enough, it actually stops Jace uh, Telepath on Bounds minus three. Mm-hmm. I yeah, don't know what that yeah. does. It's a flashback. Uh, target spell can be cast from the graveyard for its Also, uh, what is it? Uh, the blink spell. The four mana blink spell. Oh, uh, Eerie Interlude? Nothing. Is that it? Yeah, that's three mana, but uh, Grafdigger's Cage doesn't stop that. Oh, it doesn't? Hollow Moonlight does. Oh, uh, yeah, because it, that's whenever they enter from the library or graveyard. Yeah, they can't enter from the library or the graveyard with Grafdigger's Cage. So, like, Grafdigger's Cage helps with that. <laughs> Just because we know that it does stop collected company, it would prevent. You know, Ojitai's command was an example that was brought up. Um, it stops any type of reanimator shenanigans that may be coming around standard, which would also stop prized amalgam if it becomes like a serious contender for some type of blue black zombie reanimator type deck. Like, Graft Digger's Cage helps solve some of these problems. Well, I, I think that the biggest point about playing a Graft Digger's Cage is it's easily answered by the Coco deck from the, um, what the... It's like the Grizzly Bear that sacrifices. And does, it, does that only that hit That destroys enchantments. Oh, maybe Thought not. Cup only destroys enchantments. I mean, they don't have Rex Age anymore, do they? No, no. Rex Age is out. Uh, maybe it would be... It might be too good for Coco, though. Because they don't have a way to answer it. I mean, it only stops Coco yeah. and possibly a handful of other cards. So, pressing on the list, we also have... I'm going to put these two cards together because they largely go hand in hand. 
Um, and then I'll have one more two-card pair that I believe is, like, part of the problem of okay. standard right now. Okay. Um, the first two-card pair is Secure the Waste and Westvale Abbey. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God, yeah. Like, if you want to play two-card Monty, those are two really good cards. Yeah. 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 <clears throat> For anybody that doesn't know what either of these cards does, <laughs> uh, Westvale Abbey is a land. They all know what Westvale Abbey is, but carry on anyway, whatever. You, well, they know what this guy may not. He, did, he didn't <laughs> know what Archangel Avison was. No, so. I, I knew what she was. <laughs> I just didn't know she had vigilance. Yeah. All right. Well, carry on then. Carry on. So, Westville Abbey taps to add a colorless to your mana pool. Okay. You can pay five and tap it, lose one life, get a 1 1 black white human cleric. Pretty good. You know, it starts generating kind of a shit, advantage, actually, but, but whatever. Hey, it's hey. decent. If you're holding up counter magic and you have nothing else to do, you're going to get dudes. All right. That's why I play one in Esper. Like, I don't use it to flip it into Ormond. You use it for a chump blocker. I mean, you're, I'm not saying you're going to be able to kill people with the yeah. clerics. But, but anyway, let's get to the important why it's a problem effect, the one you're about to say right now. Yeah. So its third effect is five tap. Sacrifice five creatures you control. Untap Westville Abbey and flip it. Or transform it is the terminology that we use yeah. now for uh, yeah, yeah, those cards. I believe. has this lovely mechanic, which is actually quite fun, except for that card because then it's a pain in the dick. <laughs> so then it turns into Ormondal Demon Prince or whatever his name is. Yeah, yeah he's, he's a nine-seven mm-hmm. flying, flying haste lifelink. I think that's it. Indestructible. Yeah. Indestructible. Oh, he is indestructible. Yeah, he's because indestructible. they have to jam indestructible down our fucking throats this set. Because every well, the thing is, it's kind of a moot point though with all the exile they have. So what's the point of having indestructible there when you're going to exile it anyway? And it does that ultimate price. That's true. Well, yeah, because it has no fucking color. It's black. It's, is it? Armandol's yeah. black on his backside. Oh, okay. I didn't think that mattered. No, Armandol is on the backside. Westfield Abbey's black on the backside. Ah, ah, <laughs> Armandol's ah. black. That's all. That <laughs> Well, the point is Ormondal's black. Okay. Yes. So that's part of why this is like a two-card Monty problem. The Secure the Waste side is it's an instant. Yeah. It's X white. Put X one one warrior creature tokens onto the battlefield under your control. Yeah. I think they're white warriors. Well, we'll figure this out in a second. I'm 95% positive. Well, you continue on what you're saying. He'll check the clarification. So, end of turn, you just, like, you put out ten soldiers or something, or six soldiers or some stupid number. Six is the magic number that you want, which is seven mana. Then you pay five, sack five of them, have one of them left, and then you've got a Normandal. So you attack for ten. If your opponent tries doing something that makes you sacrifice a creature, you just sacrifice the leftover warrior. Ridiculous. So now you're ridiculous. For somebody who's had this done to him like a million times and you wonder why I'm disenfranchised by standard, I've had this and many other things done to me and it is stupid. And I can't wait till Secure the Waste rotates out, which thankfully it's in dragons. What's up? We got a White Warrior creature tokens. Ah! Mm. 
Okay, so anyway. Uh, feels good. So Unlucky. yeah, I hate, I hate to secure the... Especially I'm because still. that's another one of those combinations I've tried and I can never pull off because I never have the right combination of cards at the right times. It's part of why my Esper deck plays a single-team main deck virulent plague because I'm tired of that shit. It's right? Removal I've, sideboard two virulent plague. Removal spells up until turn six. Turn six, uh, secure the waste, and then... You transform Mormondal and hit them for what? Seven? Nine. Nine. He's a nine seven. Worse. Yeah. With lifelink. Yeah. He's a piece of shit. He's a piece of fucking shit. He He's number them. one problem card if you ask me. I'm sorry. Piece of pizza shit. Guys, I'm the sorry. You might need to clean off your computers after this because the salt might be coming through the speakers. Oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, that's what this podcast is for, though. Just to get salty over cards we don't fucking like. All right. So the last, like, two card combo is one that got debuted at the Pro Tour, and it mm. is Dark Petition with Seasons Past. Part of this is because I think Green's the worst Skeller in Magic. What the fuck are you doing? What is this What is this voice you got going on here? <laughs> it's my disdain for Green. <laughs> okay. All right. Fucking Dan Aykroyd via SNL. If he shaves, he looks like a slightly off Dan Aykroyd. I've always said this, and now he's doing one of the voices he uses in SNL. This is fucked. <laughs> This is fucked. He's Dan Aykroyd, but not near as funny. <laughs> so, uh, I have said for many, many moons that green's the worst color of magic. I will stick to my guns on that. Except even though Dragons was like the green set, I kind of noticed that one set's dominant in each. I mean, you just played green for Seed Rhino. Well, the thing was, cons really ran away with red. And then, well, there's bigger sets. So you can really p- pick out the colors. Like, yeah. Dragons was really big with green. Origins was really big with blue, but not in the counterways, but more in like yeah. the millways. It's more of the proactive blue instead of the reactive. And, and then Innistrad blue. was really big with white. So, oh, wait, yeah. so does that mean we're gonna go good? Black's oh, every set. Don't even start. Black is every set. Black is very obviously Wizard's favorite color. No, you, we're just no, going back to Phyrexia. No, it's it's black. I black mean, gets all the cool shit. Black gets to do everything. Black is the special snowflake that gets everything except for like counter spells. But even then, you just have instant removal. I mean, they kind of have shadow and doubt. That's kind of a counter spell. I so, mean, it yeah. also hurts itself to do it. Well, which yeah. is why it's so powerful. Yeah, it's it's at a sacrifice, but it's also got you know, it's got literally everything. Well, not literally What's everything. That? Everything except for counter spell. It's got removal. I mean, it does have dash hopes. It's got powerful creatures. It does have dash hopes. Dash Hopes is a counter spell that's black, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to note Dark Confidant's flavor text. Yeah. Greatness at any cost. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I'll pay three life for three cards. That's painful truth, right? Yeah, I mean, it's so good. Yeah. I oh, mean, yeah. apart from the uh, mana restrictions that we have now, yeah. it's really good. You can still play it in three color decks. Yeah. Like, I was playing it in Esper until I decided to play... Uh, it's sad that Read Open the Bones three. has taken over as, like, the four ups and everything. Only because Goblin Dark Dwellers can get it back. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it can't get back the Painful Truths. No. I mean, it can. It does, but it's for cards. zero, so yeah. it's fucking nothing. Hey, Trigger Surge. God damn. It does, in fact. <laughs> fucking Red's real tough, too, now that we think about it, because Goblin Dark Dwellers and Chandra. Oh, my god. Yeah, they're two God. good cards. Yeah, yeah. they are fucking uh, Fiery Temper, Magmatic Insight. Uh, tormenting voice. Don't steal this deck, by the way. This is my deck, original trademark. Um, <laughs> I, think I don't think you, you can right. trademark that. No, but you, nice try. It's called a joke. 
cool with it here. So anyway, back to the back to the problem cards. That we're right, talking. So I just totally forgot what the fuck we were talking about. So the season's past dark petition. Oh, deck that, is yeah. another one of the that's, problems. That's like the engine opinion. of my deck that we we were talking about earlier. So go on. So I, I need to learn more about this. So I need to pay attention. The big reason I believe it's a problem. Gingy, shut your fucking mouth. Is Whoa. because <laughs> you dark petition for the season's past. You cast the season's past. You get back the dark petition, and then any other cards. That have converted mana costs between one and four, and possibly six zero. or seven. Zero and four. Zero. Any cost between zero and seven that are not your dark petition, which is your five. Yeah. So like you can get evolving wilds for your zero. Decks play deadweight, duress, and I think some other one drop. Or any so, other lands you sacrifice for Kit Rog. Mm-hmm, well, yeah, mm-hmm, but that's where the evolving mm-hmm. wilds comes in. So that's this is why I'm excited because I'm running Gitrog too in this pack. I know that's I just why I slapped said that. two of them in there. So you've got your zero for a land. You've got one for like deadweight or duress. Your two is transgress the mine, grasp of darkness, or read ultimate price, depending on which one you are. Read the bones is three. Yeah. No, I thought you were you, on three. Sorry. No, 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 we were on two. Sorry. We're seven up to three now. Yeah. Three is pretty much your read the bones, um, your singleton infinite obliteration that you can run because your cheeky is fucking a dark petition deck. Mm-hmm. Um, like, your virulent plague maybe. that you have, a pulse of Marasa is a very reasonable possibility for this type of deck. Yeah. Um, your four is usually a Languish or a Kalitas. There's not really many other good four drops that this deck's playing. Uh, I think you're right there. Uh, yeah, you're right, because I can't think of any. Of course, bear in mind, I just sleeved up the deck today. So don't jump up my ass if I miss something there. Just your five <laughs> could vary depending on what you grabbed with your other ones. Like if you grab the Pulse Amorosa with your three, you just get back your Dark Petition, Dark Petition with your five, and then you're not getting your Gitrog. Yeah, like, you can get almost that back always you're pulse. getting Dark Petition with your five. Yeah, you can get the just pulse because back it keeps there. the engine running. Yeah, you can get the Gitrog back with the Pulse. Um, for your six, you can either get. A season's pass that was discarded earlier to their there's, effect or something. There's a fairly good chance you're only running one season's pass. Yes. Uh, they play two, just to make sure. I've seen a lot of lists that run one, so I'm trying it. Mainly because of the Dark Petition thing. I do two just to be safe. Mm. And that's something that I've seen in a handful of lists that I really like. So your other six drop, by the way, is uh, Nissa's Renewal. Yeah. Oh my yep. god. Yep. Mm-hmm. So how did... Um, then at seven, he's got a wall breaker in his sideboard, so he can actually get something at seven. So like this deck basically goes, I'm gonna do this. I played all these discard spells, so you don't have much of a hand, and I'm basically drawing six cards of my choice. Yeah, I think the the only by the way the only reason why I don't run the two season pass uh, package is because I'm very indecisive on what cards I should run, and I don't own a second season's pass. And I saw the price on them fucking things, and I'm just like, all right, yeah. Well, I it's mean, gonna be good I can card. imagine the price of that is because of EDH. No, it's because of this deck. Really? Yeah. Uh, oh my so, god, this deck is like I goldfished it once, and it was super fun. I need so to here's see this the now. Uh, here's the last problem of Seasons Past. By the way, it goes on the bottom of the deck. <laughs> That's why oh, you get yeah. a dark petition back. Yeah. So you just two to forty. Yeah. So you just dark petition it back again. That's like. Ah, da, 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 da. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, and if you're running Gitrog, that's not a punishment. You're still going to be able to cast it because you can play additional lands, and whenever you sack that land, you draw a card. So, fuck it, whatever. You get two yeah. draws on your upkeep, can play two lands a turn, and uh, if you run your Nissa with it and you've got her flipped, you're you're just throwing lands out on the field. you got your Obnixilus to draw more cards, throwing lands on the field. <sighs> it's 
It's beautiful. That's why I run the list without explosive vegetation, because you really don't fucking need it. Uh, explosive vegetation is terrible. And this is one Tim found his true love. I, I, saw, I saw one list with explosive vegetation, and I kind of looked at it sideways, and was like, that's not... No. No. It's no. No. Because no. so, yeah. you've already got Kali Toss, and you've already got yeah. Languish, which you're like, going to You already have your four drops. Yeah. So yeah, those are my seven, and I am using that seven, loosely, because there's, there's nine cards on the list. There's five actual cards and then two two-card combos. Right. So, like, yeah. if I had to pick a tenth just to round out the list, I would probably say it's a very close toss-up between Worldbreaker and Ulamog. Because Worldbreaker is basically Minimog, and I feel like if I had to choose one, Worldbreaker is the more problematic one. Because yeah. you can do him on turn five fairly reliable. Well, whenever I was playing the Green Rail Jazzy deck, I always felt like I wanted the World Breaker, and I didn't even care about the Yule Logs, because the World Breaker is what got you there. Yeah, like, that's why I'm saying the World Breaker is the problem one, is because Chandra's step one's World Breaker, step two is the Ulamog that helps set it up. Yeah. So, the reason I don't put Chandra on the list is because she can close out a game pretty quick. Um, she is a six-drop Planeswalker. She has... She's... Virulent Plague shuts her off right the fuck away. It does, but the big problem is I don't feel like she just, like... She doesn't run away with the game at no cost, where, like, Soren kind of can. Yeah. Like, Soren does a lot more to help bring you back into a game than Chandra does, in my opinion. Yeah, because Chandra has to have an open field. You're yeah. basically already on top for Chandra to really go off. Because first, if you need to clear the field with her, you're not doing damage to your opponent. You're doing damage to his creatures first to clear the, clear the road. But the problem is you're making Chandra vulnerable when you do that. So essentially, if you want to run away with the game with Chandra, you've already got the game by the balls. Like, there Careful. are a handful of times where Chandra does go... All right, I'm suddenly back in this, and it's usually whenever it's off of her zero. Like, mm -hmm. when I was playing ramp, when I had, like, three cards in hand and 12 mana, and these were all ramp spells, Chandra's zero probably won me the game. But it wasn't anything the other cards couldn't do that did it. Like... It, it was quite literally other cards that did it because you discarded your three, drew four, and then exactly. had answers and things to do. Exactly. So, like, Chandra can't just single-handedly win the game. Like, she can if your opponent isn't playing magic with you, but... If, <laughs> <laughs> it's true. She but, just start tagging you, you for six. don't play magic with anybody. No, but that's generally because I'm doing the things that stop them from playing Magic. But with the amount of, you know, Secure the Waste type decks, you know, there's a handful of various token style decks. She just catches way too much downside from Virulent Plague. because And, like, Hollow Moonlight and stuff like that. Yeah. Like, all these cards interact with her unfavorably. Where Soren doesn't really need to make tokens to win the game. Like, yeah, you can Soren ultimate to win a game, but by the time that you're using Soren's ultimate, you've probably already won because you've drawn at least three cards off of him. Yeah. Yeah, Soren's pretty gross. We've kind of got that. We've kind of got that figured out. Considering that's that's pretty much been. Actually, Soren's pretty gross is probably going to be the title of this podcast. Actually, that's that's another one of the things as well. Um, if I play Soren and uptick Soren because I you have an open field and like we're both tapping out to do stuff, my Soren goes up to seven. Yeah. 
you know, I drew a card off of him as well. So he replaced himself, plus he's up to seven loyalty. Um, if I pass the turn to you, and you follow up with a Chandra, your Chandra's only dealing six to Soren. My Soren's still around, then I untap and have all my mana to try dealing with your Chandra, while you still haven't dealt with my Soren. Yeah. If you play your Chandra first and uptick her to five and attack me for six, I just drop Soren down, minus five Soren, gain back all that life but one, and you don't have a Chandra anymore, and I've still got a Soren. Yeah. That's cute. Yeah. Like, Soren is... that. That's why Chandra doesn't make my list. No. And sadly, Jace doesn't anymore. The new Jace is decent, but kind of underwhelming at the same time. But then there's Soren again. God damn it, Soren. Chandra was the beast for a while, though. Let's not make any mistake about that. Chandra was pretty beastly for, you know, before... For the three months when, you know... Oath came out before Shadows came out. Chandra was a... Chandra still has a couple homes in decks. Like, you can still play Chandra in, like, blue-red tutelage decks or Grixis Control tutelage-style decks. Yeah. Because, like, you can just keep upticking your Obnixilis and then use Chandra and... Like, you can use Chandra and removal spells to keep the board clear while Ob's ticking upwards. Yeah. And then you can just be like, all right, sweet. I'm playing Control, so I've got, like, three or four cards in hand. I ultimated this Obnixilis, and now I'm going to zero Chandra... To deal, like, 10 damage to you. And then you just start winning the game. But, again, that's not Chandra by herself. Yeah. Okay, I feel like we should probably wrap this up soon, because we are reaching an hour. Which is <laughs> uh, which is kind of a, a record for this podcast, because usually we can waffle on, but not this long. Uh, Let's see, there... that's why you have me here. <laughs> I can do that very well. Yeah, is there anything else? is there anything else we want to touch on before we wrap this up? No, those are probably my big ten. Like, Ulama, uh, World Breaker and Chandra could probably be switched around interchangeably as, like, number yeah. ten and honorable mention. But I believe World Breaker gets the number ten slot. Right. Because, mm-hmm. like, essentially, Ulamog's a problem card, but World Breaker enables it. Yeah, like... World is the enabler. Without World Breaker, Ulamog wouldn't be as devastating, I think. Yeah, I mean, Ulamog got significantly better when World Breaker came around. Because nowadays, like... Before, your opponent just sideboarded an infinite obliteration named Ulamog and shit on your deck. So now, now just... they have to hit Worldbreaker first. Yeah. Which is effective. It's rather effective. But don't get too cocky. You can still you can still get fucked by that. I mean, I've had pretty good luck with that so far. I'd name Worldbreaker and it was over. Because I managed to get somewhere. But, again, don't get too cocky with well, that Oh, you shit. mean like the... Uh, no. We don't want it. We don't want to... Get into that. We don't want to. No, I, not. I touched on it enough for those that know what I'm talking about. No, it's not. Never mind. <laughs> Never mind. We'll talk about that in a future one because this one's too long. <laughs> yeah. So on that note, I believe that we'll do our sign off. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. Uh, thanks for listening to this. Uh, I'm pretty sure if Mike heard this, he'd be pissed because he was looking for like more organization and more consistency, and we did none of that this time. Oh, well. I mean, I got through my list of ten. Yeah. Well, I, guess I got through my top ten list. We generally tried to help him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, we actually brought some dialogue to the table. Uh, but anyway, uh, that would be it for this episode of Memory Lapse, the Magic the Gathering podcast. Uh, all right. Um, thanks for listening, and goodbye. See ya. Adios.